Good evening. Welcome to Westminster Presbyterian Church. My name is Caleb Blow, and I'm the Director of Student Ministries here at Westminster, and we are so glad that you all have joined us tonight. Here at Westminster, we want to help people find hope, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. And the way that we believe God speaks to us to do that is through His Word. And so tonight, we're going to briefly look at Isaiah 53. So if you have your Bibles, please turn with me to Isaiah 53, and we're going to focus in on two verses. While you're turning there, I'm going to tell you guys about uh, somebody. So in 1888, William Ernest Henley, a poet, wrote words that would, in a lot of ways, inspire a generation, and this is what he wrote. I am the master of my fate. I am the captain of my soul. These words would inspire Winston Churchill, they would inspire Nelson Mandela, and they would inspire many more. But what many people don't know, and I didn't until I looked him up this week, is that these words were written from a hospital bed. Henley wrote these words after an intense battle with tuberculosis where he had to be amputated uh, from the leg down and was afraid he might lose his other leg. Not only this, but if you know tuberculosis, it's a terrible disease that many people died from. And so there was a lot of danger for Henley. This is a letter he wrote to a friend at around the same time, and this is what he says. I'm afraid my marching days are over. And while he's, of course, talking about his leg, he's also talking about the, the potential that he may die from this disease. And while I was thinking about Henley, I was thinking that this is something I think all of us experience. We, we long for and desire control, right? We, we long to be masters of our, our fate, of our destiny, and even of our soul. Yet at the same time, we don't know what the next phone call is going to bring. We, we don't know what tomorrow is going to be like, whether it's the weather or whether it's tragedy striking. And, and we're all caught in this in-between gap between having control and, and having none, and, and this longing and desire. And, and what the Bible does is the Bible steps in and addresses this issue. It addresses this problem, and this is what we're going to read tonight in Isaiah. And what the Bible is going to say is that this desire for control that we all have is not the core of the problem. Rather, it's a symptom and the problem is this, you and I were not created to be the captain of our souls. And so when Isaiah writes these words in Isaiah 53, he's writing to God's people who did this very thing. They took control into their own hands and it resulted in, in tragedy and destruction. This, this book is written to people in exile. So God's people had been afflicted and taken over and destroyed and separated from their friends and family and taken out of their homeland into a new land. And Isaiah comes to them and writes these words of hope. And these words are going to center around two sheep. So let's read, we're going to read verses um, 6 and 7. I know you have more there, but I want you to have the context. We're just going to read 6 and 7, and this is the word of the Lord. All we, like sheep, have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed, and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. So he opened not his mouth. This is not my word. It's the Lord's. So let's pray. Let's ask God for help. Father, 
We come to you now on this, in many ways, very serious and somber night as we look to that day so many years ago where you died, Lord Jesus. And I ask that you would use the words of Isaiah here to pierce our hearts, to draw us close to you, and to point us to the only one who has control. I ask all this in your name. Amen. All right, so I mentioned that Isaiah is talking about sheep. Now, if you were an ancient Israelite, you would have known sheep very, very well. And this is why. Sheep were one of the main things that you would eat on a day-to-day basis. Not only this, but they would provide clothing for you through their wool. And the Lord, Yahweh, used sheep um, as a way of letting the Israelites worship Him. What do I mean by that? Think back with me to early in the Bible, if you, if you know the story of the Exodus. In Exodus, the Lord brought His people from out of slavery to the Egyptians, to the Egyptian pharaohs. And the way He did that was by using Moses to lead them out of slavery into a promised land. But before He led them out, He gave them a meal. And the meal he gave them is called the Passover meal. And what this meal was, we don't have time to get into all the details, but it's centered around a lamb. And what the Israelites would do is they would slaughter a lamb, take its blood, put it on their door frames, and as the Spirit of God came through um, looking for the, the Egyptians to judge, when it came upon the blood, God would pass over the house and not enact his judgment on the people. So the Israelites would take this meal every year, and they knew that sheep were a key part of the way God related to them. So let's look now at this passage. Okay, look with me first at verse 6, at the first sheep that Isaiah is going to, to talk about here. It says, we like sheep have gone astray. So what Isaiah is doing here is he's taking this sheep imagery and he's pointing it at the people of Israel. So, so what's happening here is the straying sheep is looking at the shepherd and going its own way. And, and I know you probably don't have sheep. Um, if you do, I'm sure they do this a lot, but maybe you have a cat or a dog that you're trying to train and you know how frustrating this can be to try to get a pet to do what you wish. And what Isaiah is saying is that frustration you experience is what you have done. You have gone astray. Now, Maggie and I, when we lived in St. Louis, my wife Maggie and I, when we lived in St. Louis, would go to the farmer's market downtown fairly often. One day, we're walking through the farmer's market, and I'm from South Africa, and in South Africa, we have this sausage that's delicious. It's the most wonderful sausage in the world, but it's really hard to find in the United States. And I saw a sign that had the name of this sausage on it, so I thought, oh, I'm going to go buy this because it's delicious, and I've never seen it in the United States before. So I walk up, and and we're talking to the guy, and then we realize that this is an alpaca farm. And in the process, I see that he has scarves, he has, you know, socks, he has cute little sweatshirts for your your children um, that are made out of alpaca fur, and then he also has a giant cooler with alpaca meat to eat. And and it came up, we asked him, how do you choose which uh, llamas you're going to slaughter for meat, and how do you choose which ones get to have a, a, you know, a life of um, just being sheared and then prepared into, you know, yarn and goods? And he looked at us and he said, that's easy. We eat the mean ones. And I was, taken, I was totally taken off guard. I was like, oh my goodness. And, and that's what he said. He said, the ones that don't listen, we eat. Now, and if you're an Israelite and you're hearing this passage, it, that's not an unfamiliar thing for you. 
But what Isaiah is doing is he's taking the finger and he's pointing it at the Israelites and saying, you are the ones who have gone astray. So let's look now at the second sheep. This is in verse 7. Look at how Isaiah uses this sheep image to talk about another person. Uh, He was oppressed, afflicted, and then he says, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, like a sheep that before its shearers is silent. Isaiah points the people of God to a second sheep because, excuse me, the only way for a disobedient, honorary sheep to live is for a substitute sheep to take its place, right? And Israel knew this well. This is why I mentioned the Passover earlier. Israel was used to the idea of a sheep taking the place of them. But what Isaiah is doing here is he's using this Passover uh, imagery and pointing Israel forward in the midst of their exile and pain to a future hope of a much greater sheep, uh, a Messiah, actually, is, is the, the Hebrew word that they would use. Because the problem was this. Israel needed a better Passover lamb. Every year, Israel had to retake this Passover feast, slaughter another lamb. And what Isaiah is doing here is he's promising Israel that one day will come a lamb that won't have to be slaughtered on a yearly basis. And that is because the lamb is a person. And this lamb is going to have enough power, the blood of this lamb is going to have the ability to make a once and for all sacrifice that will last forever. And this is where Mark, what we've read tonight, enters in and intersects with the suffering servant passage, which we just read. And this is what I want you to think about tonight. Think with me to to the power that Jesus held that we have just read about in these passages. Think with with me on this. Maundy Maundy Thursday, excuse me, was a day where Jesus instituted his Lord's Supper. And, And this is how it went. He washed his disciples' feet. He served a dear friend supper, all of his friends supper, and he looked in the eye, the man that he knew in a few hours would betray him to the authorities. He was abandoned by his friends in his moment of need. He was tried unjustly. He was spat upon. He was abused. He was stripped. He was bound, and he was hung on a tree, which for an Israelite was a curse. All of these things Jesus did... And as we saw there in, in Mark, Mike's reading, the, they all looked at him and they expected him to come down, to take up his power, and not once, for no, no point in time, did he do this. He died. And we didn't read this tonight, but the centurion, the Roman centurion, who has no idea who this man is, is, is binding him and looks him in the eye and says, surely this is the Son of God. On Maundy Thursday, Jesus gave his disciples a new meal, a better Passover feast. Because this time, the meal he gave his people wasn't a lamb that would be slaughtered every year. It was a feast of himself. Jesus gave his disobedient, um, meandering, astray people a meal to take forever in remembrance of him. And so my question for all of us tonight is how often do you find yourself longing to be the captain of your own soul? How often do you find yourself being the master of your fate? And I would like to offer you a different poem, a different hymn, because to be honest, that is exhausting, trying to captain our own souls. 
And this is a hymn that was written for sailors as they captained ships over stormy seas at about the same time as the poem I read earlier was written. Listen to these words that this, the sea captains would sing on the seas. This is what they said, Jesus, Savior, pilot me. Over life's tempestuous seas, unknown waves before me roll, hiding rocks and treacherous shoal. Guidance comes from Thee, Savior, pilot me. And this is the point of Isaiah 53, that Jesus died so that you and I would have a seat at His table this Monday, Thursday. Let's pray. Father, we come to You now in humility and awe as we reflect on the depth of depths to which Jesus went on our behalf. Father, we're, we're taken aback by this atoning work that Jesus made for us on the cross because, Father, we confess we, we don't have control, but you do, and so I ask that you would work in our hearts and in our lives. In your name we pray. Amen.